we slam our head into new problems every single day. And some of them we're able to masterfully navigate and others we just feel like we hit a wall. For those problems that we're consistently hitting a brick wall, it can be extremely demotivating, especially when it happens consistently. So what if you were able to masterfully navigate more of those obstacles more efficiently? How would that change your day-to-day -day life, personally or professionally? Well, this is exactly what Veronica, the founder of Goldfinch Leadership, and I talk about during this interview today. How to navigate those obstacles, how to use creativity to rekindle that passion for your business. Because as ecopreneurs, we have an amazing vision for how we want our business to change the world. But we run into challenges, and some of them are really daunting. So take some time to listen to and leverage Veronica's expertise to making solving those challenges even easier. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. So I'm super excited to introduce everybody to Veronica. Today we're going to be giving a training on how to stay passionate in your green business. And it's really going to be all about the tips and tricks for ecopreneurs to use to really stay motivated. Whether you're looking to retain that motivation for your green business or you're looking to start getting motivated for that new green business that you're looking to start. So whether you're faced with any real world obstacles that come up, we're going to be giving you the tactics to really be able to leverage your creativity to building your business. So I'd love to start off with just one tactic today for everyone in the audience here that they can use and take with them and apply it to their business. So Veronica, do you mind telling us one tip that everyone can take away from here? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Billy. This is a topic that I love and I'm really passionate myself about. If going in blind, one of the first things that I might be able to tell somebody is to rekindle the fun of what brought you to where you are. That is one of the best ways to unjog whatever stuckness you might be in and to remember that passion that brought you to where you are. It can also allow you to tap into your creativity, your curiosity. Using your curiosity to lead you to where you don't know is part of the play. And another way to, to play and to rekindle that joy is to learn something new, maybe something obscure. You can think of biomimicry as an example, where there's inspiration drawn from nature or plants and animals as a way to have something new and innovative. So find the play. That's my first tip. Yeah, I really love that because really being able to bring joy back into our life. As we get older, we become more serious and we're not playing as often. And there is some stat that a five or six-year-old will laugh 300 times per day and an adult will laugh only 40 or 50. And it's, oh my gosh, what happened? What happened to all that joy? What happened to all that laughter? And we can really have laughter and joy in our adult life as well. Not everything has to 
be so serious, even though we try to make everything so serious all the time. You can bring fun, you can bring joy. So I really love that you brought that up first, because I think that's so important. Joy is so important for us learning new things. It's so important for us to get excited, to be motivated. It's really helpful to make sure you have that joy and kindle that. So I love that for sure. Absolutely. And I would love to hear too. I noticed some things that you have, especially with your Goldfinch leadership as being your company's name. And you mentioned biomimicry coming up here in this first tip. So where do you see using something in nature coming up for you in your life? I myself have my undergraduate degree in art and I was inspired by nature through that. I've always had a great love for nature. I grew up near the beach, spent a lot of time as a kid playing outside, and the environment and leveraging and preserving it are really interesting and important to me. I've volunteered my time for organizations that their mission is to make positive impact, whether that's through the environment, through social networks, through just responsibility. So that is something that I take with me through my own work. My company, Goldfinch Leadership, I'm originally from New Jersey. State Bird is the goldfinch. But I was also really inspired by the, the pattern of the birds, with the goldfinches, when they are having their brood. The female goldfinch will construct the nest solo, does so in such a way that it's so well built, it's almost watertight. And when the eggs hatch, she originally takes care of them, but then she turns over the responsibility of fostering the babies to the male. And then he does that until they're ready to take flight. So that sort of handoff partnership and collaboration in the natural world is something that I thought was really a great metaphor for my business. Yeah, I really love that handoff. That's really cool to really think about, especially in coaching, because you're really like taking a step to say, hey, we'll work together from here to try to bring your goals to the forefront. But now like at the end, it's time for you to take flight. It's time for you to move on to the next stage and implement these things. I really love that metaphor that you use there. That's really awesome. Thank you. I also really like birds and nests and there's an aesthetic <laughs> quality to them as well. But yeah, the, that, that metaphor was definitely a big draw. Yeah, I love that. And I love that one of the things that we talked about here starting off was about creativity and building that mindset. And so what about creativity can someone use to apply to their business and why should they start applying creativity and thinking about creativity as something that they can use in their business. The good news is all people are creative. The cultural phenomena of turning over that unique attribute to artists or to those that have a special designation is unfair. And it's time we all regain the use of that tool in a way that can be applied not just in something like an art studio, but in a way that can be applied to all of your problem-solving needs in your life, whether that be at work, through business, relationships, and communication, and also through things that you have at home, as simple as trying to solve why the stove won't work, or a better way to innovate loading the dishwasher. There are ways to tap into creativity that will not only 
supercharge you into getting things done. It gives a boost of motivation. There is an immense sense of satisfaction in it. And even these small wins when built on top of each other can create a more fulfilling day and a greater sense of, dare I say, well-being that can be brought to your life when you're able to tap into it in all these different ways. So creativity is a tool that all of us can get better at using. And the ripple effect of it is something that, that potential is so enticing and so wonderful. Yeah. And how do you see people who are looking to use creativity more in their day-to-day life? How would you suggest for them, like what daily practice might they try to, in order to get them thinking more creatively, get more ideas flowing? What would you suggest? So in your day-to-day life, you have your personal life that bumps up against or blurs into your work life, your professional life. And the challenges that come up in those spheres and at that intersection can be unpredictable or incredibly predictable, depending on where you're sitting. Whether you need to connect with your clients, your customers in a way that creates a better chance of them buying what you have to offer or sticking with you through hard times, whether that means that you're better able to see trends that are coming, to recognize patterns, whether it's socioeconomic, political, environmental, these things can become clearer if you're paying attention in a different kind of way. And then we live in uncertain times. And the old way of talking was strategic planning. And now it's strategic scenario planning. So being creative and thinking in terms of what may be coming at you that you can plan A for, plan B for, plan C. Those are different ways of leveraging creativity. So here you sit in your life and what got you here may have been planned, could have been happenstance, could have been opportunity, bumping up against obstacles. And it's a great time to stop and say, in hindsight, what got me here? What are those dots that connect from what I was passionate about as a child to where I am now? And retell your story. Give yourself permission to say, I don't have to tell it from a linear start to finish. I can tell it now that I know what I know. Why does it make sense that I would have made that choice? At the time, I might not have realized it. But now that I know where I am, how does that make more sense? And that story that you're able to tell will allow you to reframe the way that you can see the future and do it with more intention moving forward. Yeah, I really like that because there's a lot of things that I've done in my life and it's been like, oh, I thought I made that decision for this thing. But now looking back, I realized that I really made it for X, Y, and Z. And that reflection is really important because you can go from there and realize that, oh, I should make decisions based on this because of the fact that I was really making all of these decisions before based on what I was thinking rather than the other idea I had. So it can be so transformative. Yeah. And you can take that and couple it with those are decisions that you made, but what about the things that you didn't get to things that maybe they were traumatic even, or they were something that felt really difficult and challenging at the time. Now, looking back, maybe you can see that without that event happening, you wouldn't have had the opportunity to learn this, grow that, meet that person. And that those are the happenstances that brought you to where you are today as well. So that's part of your story. And really being able to tell your story is so key because people want to be able to connect with you. They want to be able to connect with your story because they have things in their past that they'll be able to connect and understand where you're coming from. And I think that's super important. And, and we talked about your business, Goldfinch Leadership. I'd love to hear more just 
about what you do, how you help your clients, and a little bit more about you. You mentioned earlier what a coach does, and a lot of people don't really know what a coach does. And it's as important to know what a coach does as much as what they don't do. And where that line and distinction is from, say, psychotherapy. Coaching is actually very forward-focused, future-focused, and positive in that it's taking where you are now and applying your own knowledge, expertise, and experience on these things that are coming up for you. And having somebody that you can trust and work with to better see the things that you probably already know, but you haven't given yourself a chance to sit down and think about. We all live very busy lives and being able to finish a thought can sometimes be pretty challenging. Sometimes you just need space and a sounding board to think through a thought to completion. Other times it's a complex plan and you're feeling a sense of overwhelm and not knowing where to start. So a coach can help you key in on those important aspects that need to be paid attention to, help you identify who your partners might be what you need to learn, the resources that you already have or might need to gain, and then help you map that out in such a way that the timeline makes sense for what you need and a sense of accountability. But if you were to work with me, added to all of that, which would be traditional coaching, is a chance to leverage the creativity tactics that I have at my disposal to help bridge that sense of doing things the way they're to be done, as opposed to the way that maybe you need them to be done that is unique to you and your circumstances. I also work with my clients through some different tools that can tap into growing emotional intelligence. Partly if you're in fight or flight or freeze, you can't really get into flow. So having an opportunity to slow things down, take your breath is a really important thing. I'll talk a little bit more about that later, I think. But emotional intelligence is a big piece of being able to tap into your creativity. Lots of great studies have been done in the past and are currently being done that examine the way your emotions and creativity interplay. And giving yourself space for that is really important. Yeah, definitely. Could we go deeper into emotional intelligence now? I'd love to hear what's your definition of emotional intelligence and how do you see that coming into people's lives? That's a big topic, but in a nutshell, the emotional intelligence, your capacity for emotional intelligence is based off of your awareness of yourself, your awareness of other people and circumstances, being able to take those pieces and to create a positive influence on others, maybe pull them along with you to give people credit where credit is due to create energy for a team. But the really great thing is that this is not a fixed state. This is not like you're born with a sense of emotional intelligence and that's it. It's actually a skill that you can build. And it's something that throughout the course of a day, you shift back and forth from not being very emotionally intelligent and to being much more emotionally intelligent. That brings you from an unproductive state more into a productive state and into a mindset where you're shut down into a mindset where you have expansiveness and capacity for growth. So as simple as taking a breath, pausing, and thinking, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Can unjam you from this unproductive state and get you moving into the direction of that more productive state. It's really remarkable how that can happen. Just bringing yourself back into your body, taking that breath, and recognizing that emotions are not like the weather where they just blow through, you can actually have a say in how you react to these emotions and shift out of them. If you realize that maybe 
that was based in fear. Maybe what I'm afraid of here is not something to be that paralyzed by. Oh, all of a sudden you're in this much more productive state. So it brings the temperature down allows you to get out of that stuck state and can bring you into that more creative capacity building. That's great. Yeah, I really love that. Especially how you mentioned being able to sit with your emotions. I was just watching this video the other day about a study that was done where they looked at smokers and taught them how to ride the wave of that emotion. And so they had to sit with that emotion of wanting the cigarette. And so they were brought into a room and they were shown a box of cigarettes and then they were told that they had to wait two minutes before you can do anything else. And then they were told that they could take the wrapper off the box of cigarettes and then they had to wait another two minutes. And now you can take the top off and it went on and on and on like that where they had to wait for two minutes between doing every single action. And then at the end, they never actually ended up smoking the cigarettes either. And so they really had to deal with those emotions that come up of that wanting of that desire to have that cigarette. And it showed that afterwards, those individuals that trained to endure that emotion and being able to ride that wave was huge. There was a highly significant effect of those people who have been going through that training of being able to quit afterward. And so I think that's really important to recognize that emotions are something that we can recognize, we can diagnose, and that we can also overcome. And we can ride through them. We can go past them. It doesn't have to force us into any type of emotion or any type of further action. So I think that's so true. But, you know, it's always so much easier to say it rather than actually implement it. So how can you help people say, okay, not only can I recognize, but also implement this into action in my life? Oh, that's a great question. And I love your example, because even through the creative process, there's quite a series of emotions that can happen. These senses of anxiety and what kind of judgment you might get on the other side from people who do or don't like what you've done. And just your own self-doubt that can be brought into it. It is definitely a practice. But the thing is, is striving for per perfection in that is the way to shut it down. And giving yourself the credit for that moment of recognition is really important because the next time you do it, it gets easy, just like quitting smoking and that these small wins can build up over time. So give, not only giving yourself credit, but giving yourself permission to not be okay at it. It's something that if you've just ridden that wave without direction your whole life, it takes a while to learn how to steer. The synapses that you've formed in your brain are pretty well set and it takes work in neuroscience, it takes work to allow that old habit to break down and a new habit to form. So recognize that it's going to take time and that everybody has to go through moments of the less emotionally intelligent states all day long. So anybody who seems like they're incredibly emotionally intelligent, they're good at hiding it. They don't let you see what's going on the inside, but there's a lot that can be gained from just those small and incremental practices that over time get stronger and stronger. Yeah, for sure. There's so many different examples of people just being able to do something consistent, whether each time you have an emotion, just recognizing it, just recognizing it at first, you still might act on it because you have to giving yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be great. It'll just be, this is where I am right now. And just accepting that can be hugely beneficial. There are so many great examples of great scientists or artists or inventors that the reason they're great is because a lot of times they have a massive amount of just crappy stuff, like just the stuff that's terrible. And it's because they tried so many times. 
lives, then they're able to bring out this amazing idea. You know, they have these revolutionary ideas because of the fact that they went out and tried a million other ideas that you just didn't see before all of those that had failed, but they kept on trying. And so being able to apply that to whether that's your emotional intelligence, or you're trying to come up with something creative, like a creative project, or you're trying to come up with a new idea to solve a problem, just realizing that, hey, I'm going to commit to trying to solve this problem for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to leave it and come back to it tomorrow or something like that can be extremely effective. So I love how you brought that up. In that example that you just gave, you tried for 10 minutes between now and the next day when you try again, in the back of your brain, you're still working on it. You're figuring out what failed. Why didn't that work? If you're not beating yourself up over it and you're letting yourself be more discerning, then you can actually solve a lot of problems in the background. And so the next time you go to do it, you're leaps and bounds above where you were the day before. That time to step back and just let it sit, that's really important. We'll go ahead and I'll just do the last two or three questions and we'll finish up here. What are some major obstacles that you see your clients having and how do you help them overcome them? Yeah, I'm seeing very similar challenges across the spectrum of my client base, whether they are a traditionally creative individual who is maybe in a design marketing, PR kind of role, or even those that are the leaders of larger companies or the founders of smaller companies. And again, across the spectrum of those that are in a passion field versus those that are in a more practical field, there's a sense of overwhelm that is hitting people. And that's showing up as maybe burnout, or it's showing up as them trying to deal with the emotional labor of the work that they're doing. There's a sense of cognitive overload. There's just too many decisions that need to be made. And even apathy from employees. There's a lot of it at this point. That overwhelm can be really paralyzing for my clients. Through the work that we do together, of course, identifying what it is that they need to do is one of the first steps that needs to happen. But sometimes it's really hard to identify where they really need to focus. And one of the creativity tips that I can use with them is using the concept of limits. So are there too many limits that they're up against or are there not enough limits? Because both can be equally stymieing. So if there are too many limits, the as that somebody can go through is to eliminate one of those limits and just brainstorm. If this were not a problem, what could I do? And chances are, You're not going to be able to do most of the things that you come up with, but there might be something there that you say, you know what, with my available resources and the limits I have, that might actually be practical. And then you can go on to the next limit, add back the first, take out the next limit and continue. That's a really great way to approach it. But sometimes there aren't enough limits where the sky is the limit. You don't have anybody telling you what you need to do. So you have all these ideas, you chase these sparkly objects and can't figure out where to land. So... Creating some false limits for yourself can also be incredibly creative. It's really amazing if you were to give yourself two or three limits, how much creativity you can generate within that new confinement. Check your limits. Are there too many? Are there too few? And what can you do with those? So that's just one creative practice that can be applied to a sense of overwhelm. That's really great. It's so amazing how limits can have such an effect on our ability to think of new ideas and how to think creatively just because you would think that too many limits, you're not going to be able to create anything because it's just there's too many. But 
it can be really interesting because you have to figure out a new way of doing something that is completely unique that you never thought of before because you have so many limits. So it's really cool that I like how you brought that up and also being able to have that tip of removing one thing because that's really effective because then you can explore, oh, what would it look like this? And it could be completely off the wall, but hey, yeah, it can be a way of leading you down a new road, which is really awesome. I like that. And what are your goals for the next six months? By this point, refining a mastermind class that I have put together that is right now loosely titled The Future of Work is Creative. Going through an actual program that teaches you with real world examples that you bring to the table, how you might leverage creativity to tackle these big problems. And through the practice, you get to be demystified by some of the false assumptions of who is creative and who isn't, who can bring innovation to the table versus who doesn't, and some really practical ways that you can, on a day-to-day basis, incremental, small, and big, make changes that can not only have a big impact on your business's bottom line, but also on team dynamics, company culture, a sense of energy and excitement for the work. And then, of course, that thing that we started talking about at the beginning, bringing that passion back. Once you bump up against these real world issues, it can really take the wind out of your sails. So how do you get that back? How do you regain that? when you're faced with these big things that you have to deal with. And the great thing is that the creative tactics can be used on those obstacles in such a way that you might actually be excited to tackle those too. That's what I've been working on. That's awesome. That sounds like it'll be really impactful for all those students that go through that and are enjoying the mastermind. So that sounds really awesome. And if somebody would like to keep up to date with when that gets released, when you're starting to onboard new people into the mastermind, how can they keep in touch with you and know the latest? They can they can follow me and Goldfinch Leadership on LinkedIn. That would be a great place to start. They can also visit my website, goldfinchleadership.com. And if this seem anything seems like like something they'd like to explore further, reach out to me via email. And my email address is available there. Great. And I love asking this last question here. What are you learning right now? We live in this really unique time where we're now being introduced to artificial intelligence as part of our day-to-day lives. And it has now bumped up against the art world. So I'm learning how artificial intelligence can be used to generate images. There's a lot of great new open source tools that are available. One I've been playing with is called Dolly 2, I think it is the name. And having a sense of here's one of those, you think this might be a competition for artists and creative people, but really what happens when they leverage it? What do they not have to spend their time and energy on because this technology exists? So I've been playing around with my keywords to see what kinds of fun images I could come up with. And I'm thinking about how I might be able to leverage those images in the future. So that's what I've been learning. Yeah, I love how you say how you can leverage it because something that a lot of people say when new technology comes out, they're like, oh, all these people are going to lose their jobs. And what has happened every single time throughout history, no matter what, is anytime a new technology comes onto the marketplace, comes to the public, it always increases the amount of jobs that there are because it becomes a situation where people start leveraging those 
new technologies to create new jobs. Like we didn't have a social media manager before Facebook came around. We wouldn't need one, but now there are so many social media managers out there. There's so many job postings for it. There's so many jobs out there for it. And this job could never have even been fathomed before now. Yes. You know, you think about like artists might, oh, they're going to lose all their jobs because AI is just going to take over. They're going to create all these new artwork. But what if artists were able to use AI like you're talking about and instead of having to focus on creating three or four versions of their thing they can create it once have a program scan it create it a thousand times now they can thousand x their income because of the fact that now they have a thousand of them they don't have to wait eight months because they don't have to create it every single time. It can create so many new possibilities. Well, you so make a really great that. point. When new technology comes up, you either get with it or you get left out. And those people that were willing to learn and learn to work with the new technology and to understand how that could be interfacing with their own skills, they excelled. The people who resisted it are the ones who got stuck and it's not going to stop. We can't even imagine what the job titles of the next five years are going to be. And it's going to just get faster and faster. Leading with your curiosity, keeping an open mind, and being creative with the way that you interact with things that you don't understand and know is the way that you stay current and that you don't get put in a position where you're the obsolete now. Yeah, definitely. Don't get left behind. Thank you so much, Veronica, for coming on to Green Business Impact. It was so awesome having you on here. I want to help train everybody on how to really rekindle their fire for and their passion for their business and how to really use creativity in their daily life and also in their business. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a lot of fun and I really hope that these tips can be put to good use by your viewers. I'm excited for what they might be able to do with it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this interview with Veronica about how to rekindle your creativity, then I invite you to check out the links in the description below to check out Veronica's new mastermind that she is releasing to learn more about her creativity mastermind that she mentioned during the show so that you can dive even deeper into this topic and find ways to rekindle that spark, rekindle your passion for your green business, and lead to a more fulfilling life. So don't miss out on this transformational mastermind and find the link that she mentioned in the description below. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. 
So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity. Oh,